Welcome back to Unedited, the podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Lauren. This is episode 11, and I'm joined today by a guest I love dearly. We found out we were neighbors, and that made it even better. (laughs) Um, This woman has both triggered me and inspired me in so many ways, and I love her for that. So without further ado, Krista Ryerson of Chalice Grove, welcome. I love that statement, that sentiment, that (laughs) feeling, that energy, because right out of the gates, there is such a permission slip to allow yourself to be triggered, activated, animated, upset, upside down by another being, and that it is possible to remain friends, develop friendship, fortify friendship, so on and so forth. How cool is that? So that, (laughs) I absolutely love that. (laughs) Yes. So my name is Krista and I own a company called Chalice Grove. This company has shifted tremendously alongside of my own human experience. It started as a company that was primarily built off of creativity and creativity alone, meaning I started having these beautiful gatherings with women where we would just make stuff. And eventually that turned into me making birch centerpieces. And then in the city I live in, I started to sell those at a very coveted market that many people want to be a part of. And I felt really excited about that. And that really built my self-worth because that's where I was at. So starting a company just out of the gates probably wasn't going to be possible for me in a way like what I'm doing now. And then this transformed, Chalice Grove turned into a jewelry-based business, as you know, and I created jewelry pieces made out of crystals and meditation pieces, and I loved that part of my journey too, and I had ups and downs in that, but overall was very successful. And then it transformed into an online digital space, which I did not excel at in the beginning. It tanked for me. I felt like I lost everything. I went through the loss of financial freedom, it felt like. All of my savings put into this energy and into this blueprint. And for whatever reason, it didn't feel like it worked for me. Some of you might be able to relate. But I didn't give up. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't give up. I wanted to. I didn't. I gave in. And in giving in, I started to lean into the core wounds as to why my business was proving to me the exact things I thought about myself. And one of those things that my business got to show me and initiate me through was that I had this program around a fear. It was a projection even. It was an anticipation that I was going to be rejected long before anyone even rejected me. And when I recognized that, my business changed, my mission. I don't even run a business anymore. Many of you (laughs) who are in my field know this. My mission changed. I started to work with God. I started to work with guardians. And so now I would call myself a golden age leader. And I help to guide people into their own layers and levels of liberation because I don't liberate anyone you get to liberate you. And through that, that allows us to live in what I would call the wide awake. And the wide awake doesn't mean perfection. Wide awake doesn't even necessarily mean paradise on earth just yet. Wide awake means no matter what initiation is coming to me, howling through the hallways of my heart, I am present to it. I am honoring of it. I am aware of it. And I am showing up with grace, with reverence, sovereignty, 
And that has shifted so much unto itself. So that led me or I was led to astrology because of that. And that is the platform. That is the basis. That is the template. That is the blueprint through which I run all of my other mentorship programs. Astrology is really what I have learned to share, guide, initiate other people into archetypes that are living outside of a lot of the fourth and fifth realm of projection, where we can get trapped even in the third dimension of personality. When we work with new archetypes, we shift the way that we show up in the world and we create new grids, new networks, new energies, and this is how we change. It's actually so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Mm, I love it. It's been such a pleasure at least catching catching the train and witnessing the last couple years of your entrepreneurial practice. I, I also like have a weird, not an aversion to calling it a business, but I know it's so much more than that. And yeah. entrepreneurship is simply the vehicle or one of the vehicles through which I get to be a human being on mission. And I yeah. love that you touched on that because I think for so many people, it can become really easy, like you said, to get stuck in the personality matrix of, oh, I'm a CEO, oh, I'm a this, I'm a that, and forget that there's so much more, so much more to who we be and what we're doing on this planet. <laughs> so um, yeah, I thank you for sharing that. Um, <laughs> it's always just beautiful also to human humanize, right, the experience of being in a position of leadership too. I think especially in the online realm, we can see people who may appear to be larger than life and to have that little bit of a backdoor view of like, yeah, I've struggled too. My process coming into where I'm at today has been rife with initiations and (laughs) challenges and confrontation and invitations to become more of myself, which is one of my favorite things that I've found about the entrepreneurial container is that it's, it's weirdly and so organically and perfectly just also been one of the most spiritually, emotionally, like maturing experiences I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you can hear us giggle every time we say (laughs) initiation or strife or because there does come a point in the journey where we learn to weave what I would call the organism, the observer, and the one together. And with that weaving of the many aspects of self and through this grand awareness, we no longer look at our initiations like something's happening to me. I'm being punished. Why does this work for everyone else and it doesn't for me? And Believe you me, anything I share, I have been through. I have thought it. I have felt it. I have been programmed by it. I I literally went through such an intense initiation of 2018 and 2019 that by the time the world got hit with a massive initiation of 2020, I was like, I got this. Bring it. Mm-hmm. Which positioned me really nicely to be and to step into leadership at this time because I was stripped away at that during yeah. those years. And my greatest reclamation was not only around this abandonment wound, but that abandonment wound deeply tied into this fear of rejection. So for anyone listening, I feel that the most 
prevalent, the most humanizing, the most delicious aspect of ourselves that we get to offer as leaders is our truth. Because through that, people see that you're a human and that they know that it's possible that they can do it too. Because I was born three months early. I was immediately put in an incubator. I wasn't held for eight weeks. My mother left the hospital. If you understand the mechanisms behind nurturing, behind the aura, and how this creates and fortifies a nervous system that is robust, you can lean into the essence of how a baby that has been put in this position learns very quickly at a very young age that it's not safe, Mm -hmm. that it needs to have all of its needs met by itself, and that the nervous system is programmed for hypervigilance. What is going to go wrong? Also, the deeper wounds of abandonment, of rejection, betrayal, loss, separation from source, you name it. All these things start to come into our awareness. And so as hard or challenging as it has felt at different times in my life, there is no way that I have gone through what I've gone through just to go through it. And the more that I can share it but from a place of elevation, from a place of I've already integrated, from a place of I'm not hooking or dumping or projecting, the more that there will be resonance within people's hearts to be able to feel the story of what was and then have access to the field of me right now in what is mm. and see and feel that difference and think to themselves, if this person came from this place, I can come from this place. And this leads me to a really important element, which is not to glorify suffering either. It's not about, well, I've been through so much, so look at this, and I deserve this. We do love an underdog story. There's no question about that. And these are archetypal projections. These are companion bodies, this, this struggle and this strife. There is a lot of life that is natural and organic to that energy where we go through struggle as part of the initiation. And there's also aspects of life where we just create our own suffering through attachments, through storyline, through trauma, patterns and wounding, and then through what I would call frozen light, even fractured architecture within these companion bodies, within our light body that have us looping and telling ourselves these stories that are not true about ourselves. And the world out there isn't necessarily yet designed to get you out of that. It's designed to keep you in it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which I lovingly refer to as the upside down. But when we can merge, blend, marry, integrate the organism, the observer, and the one, what starts to happen for us is an awareness of that it's happening for us. We aren't overly attached to how the human, the organism reacts. In fact, we learn to train the organism to respond. And response is only ever possible when we've gone through some sort of healing trauma-informed journey where we then can actually remove ourselves from the reactions of the animal, the reactions of the organism, and then step into response, which is Mm -hmm. take a breath first. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Let it move through your system. Choose how you want to respond rather than automatic. Yeah. I mean – I was in your masterclass yesterday and this you mentioned yesterday a theme that I work so intimately with for myself, with my clients. And that's like when you're in those 
confronting circumstances when the world is unfolding with you, alongside you, and you're being activated by it, the most important thing you can do is come back to the body and start the process of building safety. And I just think that that's such a a hard thing to do for some people when they're so in the mind, right? And and so accustomed or conditioned to the practice of um, externalizing their safety or their power or like you like to say, their, their wisdom, right? Um, what would you say is like a, how can you build connective tissue? I, I would say, I guess, in this situation, if somebody is in a, a pattern where they're struggling to come into their body, um, where would you, where would you direct them? Mm-hmm. I love that you said connective tissue. This is the word that I use as well, because we have the physical body, we have the blueprint within the layers, the dimensional layers of the body. And that blueprint, the closer we can get to it, the more we are operating from our natural state, mm-hmm. which I would bring into the space is a template of innocence. Yeah. I laugh more now than I ever have. <laughs> I giggle more than I've ever giggled. I play. There's silliness. There is energy in my life, which is very, in some ways, typical Leo but very inner child, so much inner child coming forward. And that's only possible because of what I've been able to create. So to answer your question, which is going to be very nuanced and individual for each person and unique, is I really invite people to their feet. The very first thing we do when we're feeling anxious or triggered or activated or out of body is can you notice your feet? Notice all 10 toes. Notice the nail beds of the toes. Notice the big toe on each foot, the second toe on each foot, the third toe on each foot, the fourth toe, the fifth toe. Even right now, as we're having this conversation, noticing your feet. I bring people to the soles because there's a reason it's called the soul. And I bring people to all of the energetics of the feet because what that actually does is it allows us through reflexology, we know this, um, it really allows us to anchor in with all of the other organs because you can find all of the other organs in your feet. If you massage your feet, this is a great mm-hmm. practice to do before bed. <laughs> yeah, You can actually get access to all of that. So the connective tissue to the rest of the body and where I love to start people is like, let's notice your feet. One more practical or pragmatic piece of advice that I love to share with people if they so choose to utilize it is to really look at your surrounding create safety, move the eyeballs because we get into these really rigid habits with our eyeballs where we're looking straight ahead. We may be looking down or at our phone, but we don't train the eyeballs to move in dynamic ways. But if you study this or if you look at how people are pulling information, usually there's patterns to how they move their eyes. If they're lying, they're telling the truth, so on and so forth. So just the pattern of like being able to work with the eyes and move them all around. You could also do it with the hands and trace movement, right? This is also really helpful. This is such a beautiful first step. Notice your feet, look around the room, confirm for your organism that you are in fact where you say you are and that you are safe. 
There's no mm-hmm. saber-toothed tiger busting <laughs> down the door, even though it might feel like it. Trust me, I've been there. There's no bear coming to attack you. As long as you are safe, you can locate that safety. And if you're not safe, you got to get safe. Got to get safe. So that would be the first practice I would use with people. Really simple. We want something often 10-step, spiritual, quantum, <laughs> templating, overlaid, da-da-da-da-da language when at the end of the day, it's like, I can do that. We can go there. That's beautiful. And simplicity just, is so brilliant. Yeah. Can we just <laughs> like just simple? So yeah. simple. It changes people's lives. And then they're like, wait a second, but you're not telling me anything I don't know. And I'm like, perfect. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. I think that's the beautiful thing about the practice of building awareness and like really being present to reality. You start to notice more about yourself and then you start to become available to more and then mm-hmm. more starts to become available to you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not because we're some 12th dimensional God being. <laughs> no, we're just in our body. Yeah. We're just available to it. And I think a lot of people overlook that, but that really is like, to me, one of the most miraculous things mm-hmm. about being alive mm-hmm. is like just how much is available when you're, when you're in your human. Yeah. And then the paradox to that, because life exists in paradox, is that the more in your body you are, usually the more your gifts open up, the yeah. more dimensional places <laughs> you can play with and travel with. And it seems like such a mind twist because it's like, wait, what, what, what? I just, I'm in my body. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. how I access my gifts. Well, your body is an index. It's a library. It has everything. It, it's carrying all timelines of all that was and all that ever will be. Your body is ripe with information and it is telling you information all the time. And, you know, I have a level one golden age astrology that I teach. So I teach people how to read astrology the way that I've taught myself the way that I've been shown working with God and guardians, which is beautiful. And it's just like more of a how-to and working with new archetypes. And then level two, we go into more of this energy, the star family, the the connection to where we come from, how we a- um, actualize and analyze this in our in our bodies. And then the level three that's been presenting itself to me is like medical, body, mediumship, uh-huh how to work with the physical form, because I have always been so fascinated by this. I think that the human body, when I developed my own initiation called anxiety, (laughs) I got to look really clearly at how I was living in my mind and how I was constantly worried about the future and how my hypervigilance from childhood was really begging for my attention. And I had a personality and I had a um, constructs that I had created through those personality templates that I leaned on. And so nobody knew this about me. I always came across as very strong, very powerful, very put together. But on the inside, I was a mess. I was yeah. a mess. And so no matter what work I do or how far out we go, it always comes back to the body. The body is the place where we, we even discover where we have frozen or locked light through trauma. And then this allows us to start to play around with those fields because the body is the most intelligent of creatures. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, it's also like the portal for potential to be made manifest in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, there's just so, so much yet to be unveiled and discovered by ourselves in our bodies. And part of how we co-create, right, is to physicalize. And what a, what a beautiful and brilliant version of physicalization. Mm -hmm. And to play, like, even the art of manifesting, which has turned into a, not an art, it's like, <laughs> it's a textbook now. Yeah. And it feels very, at times, serious or step by step or do what I did and you'll have the same thing happen. And yeah, there can be success in that. There can be magnetism that you create through that. But ultimately, if if we aren't leaning into the playfulness and or the innocence, which does require trauma work on the front end of it, mm -hmm. we don't have access to how fun it is to actually create. We are creating for creation's sake, just to play with the field, to play with potential, to play with actualizing. And all of this is fun because we get to build things from that. It's like what's happening on the inside and what do I, how can I use that to build something fun, something mm -hmm. that feels in alignment? You know, I laugh and I revel in the energy of when people are new on the path, specifically because of my own ideologies behind why I started a business, why I wanted to become an entrepreneur. And it's hilarious now because it's like you think you're going on the journey of becoming important and making a bunch of money and <laughs> and really you're saying, I would like you to please show me all of the areas within myself that I block myself, that I diminish myself, anywhere that I feel oppressed, anywhere that I still haven't looked at myself, any shadow aspects, anything that I'm not currently aware of. Could you please bring that to my existence? Thank you. Yeah. And you're catapulted. And I believe there will not be such thing as a job for someone else the way it is now at some point in the future. Oh, it just won't fully. exist. Yeah. There will be people that come together in in clusters, in constellations, and in groups that will that will help others who really step into and are templated to be in positions of leadership. And those mm -hmm. people will be so excited and so happy, and there will be an equal exchange of energy, and there will be a much different representation of commerce and of business than the industry and the 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 holding of the industrial revolution that we're seeing right now. And what happened in the world in 2020 was a big invitation into that because we got oh, yeah. to see 38 million people leave their jobs in 2021. Like entrepreneurship now is is normal. Entrepreneurship mm -hmm. now is, 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 everyone knows someone who's an entrepreneur. There was a time in the not so distant past Barely anyone was an entrepreneur and we couldn't even fathom how to get that done. That archetype was so small. It was, it had barely any energy moving through it. We didn't have access to it like we do now. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, okay, I can hire four people. I can look at what other people have done. I can tune into someone's podcast and start to um, really integrate that data to see how I build something for myself. It's incredible. 
It's yes. incredible. So I know we we really briefly mentioned the idea of playing with polarity. Mm. And I really want to go to the other end of that need for creating safety and being in the body and speak to or invite you to share what your experience is now that you've created certain levels of peace and certain mm-hmm. levels of safety and what what potentiality has gotten to open up for you because of that. What a fun question. Yeah. The essence of this is I've been able to experience impact in people's lives in a way that I have not previously been able to experience impact. I've been able to honor my life force in a way that wasn't available to me before and honor my gifts. I have received such a return on those investments because financially I have, I'm more of a energetic match to larger amounts of money, larger amounts of energy, which means I can actually even touch down or reach up or move in any direction to feel new levels and and depths of joy because our emotions are just energy in motion. And so because I, I have gone to all of these places and I have allowed myself to be present to those initiations, working with the polarity means that now I've rebuilt the home that I live in. Mm-hmm. I call this housekeeping. You'll often hear me say this. This is housekeeping. I am the keeper of this house. And so what that means for me is that I'm keeping this quote unquote clean. I'm treating myself with love. I'm treating myself with compassion. I'm gently loving the organism while also being in awareness of the observer. I am often laying down what I think I need to do for something larger that wants to move through me, for a plan that maybe was never mine in the beginning. If you would have told me I would be doing what I'm doing now, I wouldn't have believed you back then. I always knew I would be in this world. I saw, I I could feel the energetics of the generalization, but to actually be in the details now, God is in the details. And it's so beautiful to be able to now see how when I've given into an energy much larger than me, that I've been able to really work with the details of my life. You cannot even work with those details if you're not in the body. So Mm -hmm. to answer the question, I have had access now to dimensional layers of consciousness, of awareness, of feeling, of expression, emanation, sounds, signatures that I didn't have access to before, which is another way of saying I feel more I feel closer to my living blueprint than I've ever felt before. And that is a gift that's like you just can't put a price tag on that, the level of peace that comes with that. And I'm still learning. I'm not like I don't walk around in peace all day. Yeah. And who if does? you would have known me. <laughs> yeah, who does? <laughs> you would have known me. And there are people who have known me for a very long time. I, I, I do. I take such love. Um into the fact that I have really long-standing friendships in my life because these people have seen me, you know, and especially if anyone from a past relationship is listening, <laughs> they could affirm that like the person I was, I was living in a, in a chronic state of fear. 
-hmm. chronic, chronic. And I don't anymore. I wake up and my baseline's pretty juicy. There are moments where it dips and I get to play around with that, but I feel a level of excitement for life I last felt when I was maybe four years old. Yeah, I can relate to that in such a big way, especially in the last probably like year, six months. So just like, so like you were saying so much more of that, like innocence and that just like joie de vivre is starting to return. (laughs) Joie de vivre en petit. We should go. Yes, please. <laughs> when do Let's we leave? <laughs> that into our. I've been to Paris. I would love to go back now because, again, I was in the templating of utter fear when mm-hmm. I was experiencing the world in that way. And again, like we all go through different layers and lenses on this. Like being a woman who has Pluto on the portal of the first and the second house, fear is not. I'm not a stranger to that. That template runs really deep in my body. My first dream I ever had when I was killed I was I think nine years old I've remembered so many of my deaths and when I told my little sister that or well she's my older sister but we were little at the time and she was my little sister in another life many um when I told her she was like oh no you had a dream about death this means that you're going to die and I was nine and so I was just like oh my god what (laughs) and after that I had so many dreams since then of of ways that my life force has left my body and I'll tell you The one thing that remains constant in that, which is why even if my human gets afraid of death, I know this to be true because I've had the felt experience of it within the dreamscape, you don't die. The part of you actually leaves out the top of your head, the fontanella where the soft spot was that eventually fused up when you were little. That's where I felt it up Mm -hmm. and out. And then you just return to all that is. And And even if I died in those dreams... I still had a tremendous amount of peace that would wash over me as I actually removed myself from being this avatar, this human. Yeah. Oh, this is giving me like video game cheat code vibes. <laughs> like, yeah. You hacked game. You know how to get infinite lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> and then life is fun because it's like we do so much be- out of our fear of death right? Like Mm -hmm. there's so much people force in order to feel like they're powerful or their life has meaning. And there's also so much that people don't do. There's this polarity that's constantly showing up in our lives, right? And as you've probably heard me say before, I believe that polarity opposition is a bridge builder to higher consciousness. So when we can Mm -hmm. play with polarity, we absolutely can start to create for ourselves integrity in our system. We build integrity by being present to both sides of the equation, both sides of the coin. And so when you cheat code, have infinite lives, and you have at least a sense of that, then you get to play around with what you want this life to be. And you're still going to interface with your limiting beliefs, and you're still going to interface with your programs and patterns of resistance. These are things that are part of the biology of the human. And again, sometimes from lifetimes and lineages. So we get to just be aware of that and play with that and be present to it and utilize the gift of awareness and also even social media. I'll bring this into the stage. We get to utilize this space if we so choose to focus our awareness on how 
what someone else has created for themselves, we too can do that in our own way if we so desire. What often happens is the opposite, which is that person's done that. I have judgment around that. I have criticism around that. I have anxiety around that. So I have, you know, fill in the blank. And, and what it does is it starts to actually shift our field into deeper layers of lack because all mm-hmm. it is is saying, I don't have something, I'm not experiencing something, therefore I feel lack. And if we truly, and I, I work through this consistently still, this isn't, I haven't mastered this realm yet, <laughs> but this energy of seeing someone else's wins and just being like, oh, you get them. I remember when I first started to create this, it was around judgment when I would see people on the street. I had a very judgmental mind because I judged myself so much. I was so hard on people I loved because I was so hard on myself. I had an inner dialogue. (laughs) Can relate. (laughs) A lot of people. And this dialogue is often the, the voice of your mother or your father. Not always, but often. And I bless his cotton socks, bless his soul. He, my father initiated me in some ways that created this like very intense critical energy in my life. And that energy lived on in me for years and years. And so where Mm -hmm. I started to play with this, if you're brand new and you want to start to play along, is like I would see someone running on the street and I would think, oh look at them, whatever, fill in the blank, whatever the judgment was, I started to just be like, yeah, go get them. Good for you. Like way to take (laughs) care of your health. And like when I would see someone even frown on the street, I would just be like, I hope that you feel blessed today. I would just send them love. Um, When someone would smile, I would smile. I would start to play around with interfacing with the outside world in a way where judgment wasn't my main focus. And our brains are designed to judge. So before we get all soapboxy around we shouldn't judge and be detached from other beings we are living a human experience we are not in caves anymore meditating these principles are very true and yet how do we apply them to our everyday lives we can apply them by loving the people we love recognizing that we are attached to them and that attachment actually builds security and working at building our own inner security. So if that person ever left or if that wasn't there in the future, it wouldn't pull the rug from out from under you. It would be an opportunity to see how much you love them, grieve them appropriately, and carry on with your life with them forever touching in in your heart, right? So there are ways that we can start to play around with this energy whereby we see another success as our success. We see another person who is taking care of their body and that inspires us to do the same or we applaud them from the sidelines. We have someone cut us off in traffic. This was, I was the worst for them. (laughs) I would just start swearing and projecting all my inner anger over other people. Oh my goodness. And now I started working with that because at the time I had a job and I was gridlocked in rush hour traffic and I just started to just be like, oh, well, you know, bless you. I hope, you know, if you needed to do that, that's fine. Because I didn't want to contribute to that energy anymore. It was only hurting me. Mm-hmm. It was really only hurting me. At the end of the day, that's who got hurt by that. So I decided to take radical responsibility and, and start to play around with this concept that everyone is you 
So the one, I would call it, right? The one, the energy that Mm -hmm. comes from the one. And also recognizing that we each have our own unique observer and we each have our own unique organism. And that's what makes it so special. But at the end of the day, through all the dimensional layers, when we return back home, we return to the essence of all that ever was. So while yes, we have a uniqueness to us and that gets to be honored and we all have our own unique blueprint and story and gifts and so on and so forth, we also are contributing or not to creating a network or a ley lines on the planet, a grid system whereby we are remembering, we are reimagining that we are actually more alike than we are different. And if you really start to lean into this, you see that 99.9% of media, of storylines, of news is divisive. And it's divisive on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because it pokes. It pokes at the like the little part of you that somehow gets the most real estate. <laughs> I just find like when you were speaking about judgment, I mean – Anytime I see that come up in my own field and in my own consciousness, it it's like a like a light, like a beacon light being like, look over here, like there's something for you here. And judgment is often just such a glorious invitation to enhance your awareness. Mm. It's just this like, okay, like what do you get to look at in this situation? And what is it? What's what's available for you to receive from it? And so it's it really is like our free will, our choice to entertain whatever polarity we want with that invitation, whether we allow our shame or our fear or whatever that voice inside to run the show or we just choose to, to play with it, to be observant and to maybe choose a different availability mm-hmm. <laughs> in those mm-hmm. circumstances. And I love this. You know, free will isn't necessarily free. It is. And it requires a trade of something. Mm -hmm. Requires a trade-off. Not a sacrifice. A trade-off. So if you're spending a lot of your time trading hours for dollars, trading um, energy and pooling it into uh, an archetype, a pattern of shame, of blame, of fear, of disempowerment, and you're giving that real estate, that's the choice that you're making, right? So it does require you to pull out of these things. It's There's an effort involved mm-hmm. at first. A responsibility too. A responsibility, yeah. absolutely. And when people are in their trauma so deep, and I know because I was in it, I've been there, I, I understand it. I, I got the gift and the opportunity to dismantle it from the inside out. And in in witnessing my own patterns and my own psyche, I got to see how there was a time where my awareness wasn't even available. I didn't even have the resources yet to be able to draw into putting my chips or my coins or my awareness into something else because it wasn't available. And this is why and what I love about external initiations. Mm -hmm. And this is where the planets often come in because 
the planets, because we are in a solar system and we have these planets moving around the sun and then we have our own unique blueprint and, and the movement of that. And I never give my power away over to planets. You know this. I don't believe that... Um, tracing the movement of the solar system and always making a story about what it means is actually even helpful. I think that there's a lot of distortions in mainstream astrology that really just solidifies the Roman Empire, the Industrial Age, and misuse of power, really. Mm -hmm. And we get to play around here. We get to play around with recognizing that we get initiated oftentimes by outside forces. And this can look like your Saturn return. This can look like uh, some people have Pluto that moves through their sun, which changes their life. They're never the same person again after that. Um, whatever it is, we get into a car accident. We go through a huge divorce. We leave a relationship that's comfortable we get left, whatever the story is, life has a way of asking us, are you going to pay attention yet? Yep. <laughs> what about now? And so if you don't have, if you're in a place where you don't have those resources just yet, you can choose now to start to play with this. And I, it's mm -hmm. my belief system that when we make the choice first, we qualify the energy. And when we qualify the energy the initiations in the external world are often softer. But if we're misqualifying energy, we're not listening to our inner voice. We're not listening. We keep hurting ourselves. We keep hurting other people. We keep choosing to numb out. Then life steps in. Mm -hmm. It's benevolent like that. Yeah. It is benevolent. I know that there's a lot of people that, that don't think so. And I do know that there is a lot of distortion that goes on down here. But there is an intelligence that weaves through human beings. And when we're brave enough to work through our trauma, one of us even, it took one person saying yes for two people to say yes. It took two people saying yes for four people to say yes. Mm -hmm. And so on and so forth until we're at this state in, in, in evolving in human storyline where many people have access to healing. This yeah. industry has exploded and with that has come a lot of criticism because a lot of people are still utilizing this industry, utilizing the health and wellness platform as a way to fill the God-sized void inside their chest still. And they're learning strategies and tips and, and templates and whatever without actually doing a lot of the stuff. And yeah. We can also trust that life is going to initiate them in profound ways so that they will learn those lessons, right? And for me, for whatever reason, my relationship with creation story, I didn't get to fail in that way where I was abusing or misqualifying energy with an audience. I didn't even get an audience until I had sorted it out. So I'm mm -hmm. really grateful for that. <laughs> and also it felt like, when is it coming? Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Like, I just... Yes. <laughs> I remember yeah. having this conversation the last time we got together of, like, I don't know if the wording we used was the same, but you and I have had a very similar path of, like, build the integrity first, mm -hmm. do it embodied first, learn, acquire the wisdom first, and then else will be unlocked <laughs> and it's like and then your humans like <laughs> <laughs> so frustrating especially in the 
ridiculous environment of social media where you're just inundated constantly with everybody's highlight reels. And you don't get to see beyond the veil those people's initiations or what they had to confront or what they had to overcome. You're just seeing 10K months, Mercedes, Gucci bag, big (laughs) business, like perfect relationship. Right. And yeah, just I – it's really fascinating to finally be starting to witness in my life that devotion to integrity start to become something more than just an internal process. Mm, I love I don't know this. if you can like, relate well, to that. <laughs> yeah, I can. And I also I, like I've loved watching your journey as well and just like you know, there were some real reasons you were very triggered by me in the beginning. And it was also initiating you into deeper layers of embodiment and owning your own boundaries. And you're like, I feel it's interesting because from the moment I met you till now, it's like, I know you've changed a lot, but it doesn't feel like you have because I just feel like you're so much more yourself. And I I do feel like I got a sense of that person behind many other energies at first while you were sorting it out. And, you know, you're going to have your own ways that you interacted with me and, and feelings around that as well. And I find what you said so powerful because what this brings up for me, and it's something I've been talking about a lot more lately, is commitment. Mm-hmm. So when you see someone with a big business, when you see someone posting what appears like they're just focused on wealth, when you see fill in the blank. I like to say this a lot because you know I'm a choose your own adventure type of gal. There's <laughs> choice here. Yeah. There's choice. So I don't there's so much nuance to being alive that for me to just say the specific things, I want you to be able to have the opportunity to fill in the blank of what's prevalent or resonant to you and your experience. And when we build out commitment, you can say, "Okay, I see that this person is showing this veneer of their life." But what if I go deeper with them? What if I hire them? What if I just stay around in their world for a little bit to see if in fact that's true? They're just that. The surface Mm -hmm. is what you see is what you get. Or maybe there's something deeper going on here. Because this usually is something that is um, a reason why people don't start in the first place. What if I become misunderstood? What if I do post something that others don't like and therefore they then judge me so I'm just not going to do it at all or they live in some secret corridors of their of their existence they don't share aspects of themselves which is fine you don't have to share everything but big things they don't share it because they're afraid of how they'll be judged and this is where commitment became something I became a lot more interested in I noticed I would be activated by someone or triggered by someone or jealous of someone, envious Mm -hmm. even. And I would play (laughs) with these emotions because I would be like, what? I can do that. I say that. Why don't I have the same whatever? Because I'm saying these things. I'm doing these things. But am I showing up? Am I choosing Mm -hmm. myself? Mm -hmm. Am I believing in my gifts? And am I creating a platform for me to share this? Or am I just judging other people? Because if I'm just judging then that's where the mismatch is. That's where the misalignment of energy is. So I started to play around with commitment. What if I stayed in this person's world for a little bit longer? What if I paid for an offering where usually you get to see more of behind the scenes when you initiate yourself through resources? And what I have found nine times out of 10 is that human beings are good 
that human beings are caring, that when someone has created something that your jaw drops to the floor over and you're like, I want that, there's a reason for it. And at this stage with how we're playing with energy right now, those people who are out of integrity, they're getting a wake-up call. I can Uh promise you that. (laughs) There is a wake-up call that is happening because we are being asked, we are being invited into a whole new world. Makes me think of Aladdin. We're being a higher standard, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A higher standard of existence, a place where we honor who we've been, who we be, and who we're becoming, right? A place where we are acknowledging that we can do better than what we've created so far. We can do better. We know it, but it's going to require us to dig deep. And so this is why for myself personally, I got, I stayed around in people's world a bit longer before I judged them. I was like, okay, I'm judging. That's okay. I noticed that. Mm -hmm. And what can I learn here? That's like my favorite energy game (laughs) to just like track it. (laughs) hundred million percent. Because when we do that, we're in such a culture of, of instant gratification of I'm going to follow you because you're cool now. And as soon as you say something that takes you off the pedestal of what I created in my mind. Cancel subscription. <laughs> yeah. Cancel, <laughs> delete, unsubscribe. <laughs> I'm not going to follow you anymore. So on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And while you absolutely do get to decide, should yeah. decide, be discerning with who you are in their field and – also get curious, stay Mm -hmm. a bit longer, get to know someone before sometimes you even say yes to their offerings or get to know someone's heart before you commit all the way in. But pay attention because people will surprise you. And I know sometimes for people, they've been surprised in really negative ways. And I'm going to say something that I need people to hear me just deeper on and higher on. But when we continue to have these experiences where we're betrayed and our wounds, sisterhood, brotherhood, mother wound, father wounds get activated, it's because our inner child is actually trying to protect us. And in doing so, we at times magnetize experiences to ourselves. Now, keep in mind, this isn't, I'm going to talk and speak to the nuance on this because it's not like you create your own reality and everything that you've experienced including racism is because of your field that is ignorant it's extremely hurtful and not appropriate so I'm going to come back to that but what I will say is your body is so intelligent that the nervous system itself is consistently creating and co-creating to have a match for it so that it doesn't have to be challenged outside its comfort zone. So if I have a story running in my consciousness that all people betray me, then I'm going to find friendships. I'm going to find partnerships, relationships as a whole, where I'm more often than not betrayed Mm -hmm. or the feeling of betrayal. And it's not until I get honest about that, because I have, trust me, I've been here, (laughs) that I can start to see I can never be betrayed because I choose myself. And in fact, I'm feeling so upset right now because the truth is I probably betrayed myself in this relationship somewhere first. And that's what I'm really upset about. Yeah, I'm really upset that I betrayed me. And so then we start to take accountability for what's ours and not take accountability for what's not. So this is going to lead me into that second piece around it's not as simple as we create our own reality. We get to remember 
that there has been a storyline, there has been networks, there has been magic even, there has been systems and structures set up for millennia that serves the few and not the many. So depending on your race, your religion, your creed, your socioeconomic status, your sexual orientation, there's also archetypes that exist that are feeding consciousness into you that tell you stories about yourself. And then if you're a match to that based on the trauma that you're still holding onto, you will pull that in. It's Mm -hmm. not that you deserve it. It's not that you're co-creating it. It's a completely... It's a separate force that's also part of you. And once you can have that observer awareness, you can say, you know what? 10% of this is mine and 90% of this is the collective garbage. And I'm not going to carry that anymore because martyrdom is, doesn't help anyone. It's this mm. is dead. We I don't love need this. to do this anymore. I've had so many conversations with, I mean, my partner and I have this all the time, but um, like one of the things that I found particularly irksome in my <laughs> adventures on the internet are, and and again, I'm going to say this with a caveat because I too acknowledge the nuance here. But when people are speaking to or about themselves or a population as carrying a marginalized identity, mm. that is like that lands for me like you are continuing to choose to enroll internally in that narrative, in that storyline, and you're holding that as truth for you and that doesn't negate the external circumstances at all but like you were saying right it's like it's the housekeeping it's like what how is your side of the street looking in that exchange and what can you take responsibility for and come into a greater unification with or what can you compost what can you integrate and move beyond to become more of yourself and less of a distorted overlay. Yeah. Yeah. I love this because again, while I could never pretend to walk in the shoes of anyone else, I'll never Mm -hmm. be able to do that. There are gay women, bi women, transsexual women, white women, black women, you name it who have stepped up and who have changed their circumstances and who have claimed something new for their lives, who have worked with generational trauma and who have changed existence. And they are great leaders. And there Mm -hmm. are people who are showing and paving the way in a way that I never could, their own storyline around what is possible for someone who looks like you, sounds like you, moves like you, chooses like you choose. You get to decide. You get to, this is why I also love the internet, even though there's so much there that can be negative. It's like we work uh, through a neuroscientist perspective. We know that we have something that is called mirror neurons. And if we Mm -hmm. can see someone in the world who loves someone similar to the way that we love, who has the same color skin as us, who owns their bouginess or reclaims their inheritance to live off the land. Whatever our templating is, whatever our organic blueprint is, when we see someone who is embodying that, that is an invitation. That is a permission slip to say, is it possible that I can change this too? Because 
I said this yesterday in the masterclass. What if you are the prayer of your ancestors? What if what they have been hoping for and dreaming of and praying for and writing in their journal, if they even had time, maybe it was just a blip of a thought that was like, I can't wait till one day there is a quality. I can't wait till one day I can rest my feet and sleep in. I can't wait until something shifts so that I get to experience life in a new way. I can love Mm -hmm. the person I actually choose to love rather than what society deems as acceptable and appropriate. Can you imagine a world where that happens? We are breathing that into existence right now. And so for, you know, while I could never understand and walk in another person's shoes, I have seen examples of every type of person in every type of way so far start to step forward and say, well, I don't believe that. I'm enrolled in liberation instead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's be a solution to the problem. Let's yeah. not focus on the problem. And then what happens is I become a template for solutions. And then when people come into contact with my field, they have resources seemingly by magic where it's like, uh, I had a question, but you just answered it for me, even though I didn't even ask the question. Mm-hmm, How does this happen? Mm-hmm. It happens because when we choose liberation, which I'm so passionate about. Again, I talked about this yesterday, time freedom. I could gush. I could write a poem as if time freedom was my lover. That is how much time for whatever reason is encoded into my cells to be the most important thing. I care about time and in a deeper way of of coming to uh, understanding of that, I care about timelessness. So if I get to wake up when I want, I'm in a timeless space. I'm not constricted by the clock. If I get to choose how I map out my day, even if it's quote unquote busy, although I don't really create that in my schedule, but if that Mm -hmm. is the case, I'm creating that. And so something that God is putting on my heart right now that of course I knew this because when I even was in back in the day, multi-level marketing, the thing (laughs) that was sold to me was freedom. That is what I cared about. This is such a Jupiter quality. This is a Sagittarius quality. This is a a Uranus quality, which is why I believe in the future when we actually are anchored into the golden age, the Aquarian age, not very many people are going to be working in the same way that they once were because freedom is what we desire. It is in all of us. We all want to feel special, like we belong, like we have gifts, like we're of service, like we matter. We want to be loved. We want to feel joy. We all want that. And yes, there's distortion. And yet you could argue the other side all you Mm -hmm. want until you're blue in the face. But I'm not speaking of that world. That I am co-creating something new. This is my commitment. I'm committed to being solutions oriented moving forward. If there's poison that presents itself, I will name it. I will look at it. I will dance Mm -hmm. with the distortion and then I will see what's going on so I can re-encrypt and recode it so that it's actually of servants for me. And I love what you said because this is what I often say. I will compost it. I do not believe we burn things down and dispose of anything. Mm -hmm. I believe the smartest thing we can do is utilize what we've learned is to play in the field of what worked and what didn't work and then compost what doesn't work and let that be informative for us as we stabilize something new. And in this case, this will be the now world, the world where we're learning to be present 
in what matters, which to me is those snuggly moments. It's moments where I can sit across from someone and really guide them through a process of reclamation. It's the moments where I know that I get to be of service. It's moments where I wake up with my partner and we don't have to go anywhere. It's moments when my cat wants to snuggle for 10 minutes longer and I don't have to rush This kind of energy I was riddled with for so long. And so I got intimate with, is it possible for me to create a new way? And I brushed up against every limiting thing my child believed in. And it took me a lot longer than I'd like to admit, a lot longer than what felt comfortable. You know, I see people doing it in half the time quarter of the time. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Thanks for showing me that that's possible. (laughs) I get to process, you know, my own energy around how long it's taken me, it's felt like. And for some people, they're going to be like, how long it took you? How old are you? This is incredible. I've never been able to, to generate and create what you've been able to generate and create. So it's all relative. So the most important piece then, if it's relative, is can I be grateful and thankful for what I have right now? Mm hmm. I feel like that in itself too, like that is the most essential ingredient in solution creation is like that, that is the embodiment of moreness. That is the embodiment of potentiality because you're not hanging out. You're not enrolled in limitation. You're not enrolled in lack. You're not enrolled in and occupying this space of fear and density and scarcity. You're just existing in what is and and you're open you're you're able to receive yeah yeah and the paradox of that too is like we're carrying so much density from lifetimes and lineages and when we learn to do everything we've just mentioned when we enroll ourselves in a new storyline and new archetypes and new expressions and new energies and new emotions and we start to shift our genes which means the lifetimes and lineages actually starts to shift we know this through epigenetics we get to go on an adventure or a journey with our life force where we're not selling it to the lowest bidder, not even selling it to the highest bidder. We are staying sovereign in our field. And in being able to do that, we get to play around with the human experience in a way that I swear our ancestors have dreamt of. Like they dreamt of it. And what I know from traveling into the quantum and working with people's guardianships, which is their team, that they incarnated with, we are not alone. Yeah, We think that we're alone, but we're not. We have such a web. We have such a support system that is yeah, with us. I was going to say profound support, yeah. Profound. <laughs> and if we can start to tune into that, even just yeah. entertain the idea. Like I remember sitting in my loft and I just started entertaining this idea. It had a, an astrology reading actually with this gal and – I think it was like my second astrology reading. I had no idea I was going to do this with my life. And she was saying to me, you know, you need to start working with your ancestors more. And I just called them in one day and I had a visceral experience. I was Mm. weeping, weeping at the support that I felt. And at that juncture in my life, I decided, you know, I'm going to start working and asking for help, asking for help. Eep. That was not my strong suit. Oh, I can relate to that (laughs) so much. It takes a softening to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, And and also like a knowing that you're safe. Yeah. Because if I don't believe I'm safe, 
then I have to do it myself. Because if I don't do it myself, this has been a big one. I'm being initiated right now. Because what I mean by that is like I've worked on the personal layers, but now I'm handing over layers of my business for other people to start to play with and to materialize energy. And so I'm getting to dance with this like trust, this level of trust and commitment that other people are trustworthy, that other people are safe, that I'm safe, that I'm provided for, that I'm protected. This is divine providence. We know that we are provided for no matter what. And it takes time. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, great, happened for you, but like, what what do I do? You drop in. It's, mm-hmm. it's so simple. It's, it's almost goes over the head. Yeah. It almost yeah. misses the eardrums because if we just learn to be in the now moment, whatever's presenting itself to us, then inspired action will surely happen at some point. And yeah. then you can do the thing, write the post, make the course, whatever the thing is. But if you're pushing before the body's actually ready you're going to create a bunch of stuff, sure, but it probably isn't going to have a lot of magnetism to it or a lot of resonance for other people because yeah. it's falling flat. It's coming from your this what you were talking about, this this deep layer of lack. Yeah. We're we're taught to operate off of lack. We're taught to operate off of the glasses half empty. We are taught to scan our environment as a safety defense mechanism. To see what's not working, what 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 is a potential threat in our environment. And this served us for a very long time. And now we still need that part of the brain. We still need the reptilian brain. Mm-hmm. We still get to play with the mammalian brain. Yeah. And when we work with the neocortex, we work with the prefrontal cortex. This is what I love to start to work people through is we can hold all of human existence, the good and the bad. We're not just searching for love and light. No way. (laughs) We're not just searching for what feels good and experiences that bliss us out. I had this, you know, ayahuasca trip or I had this breath work experience and I felt so divine. It's like, yeah, that's important so that you can codify your your cells to remember. But if we're chasing those experiences, anytime you're chasing or running, you're in your reptilian brain, mm-hmm. period, yeah. period. So if you're chasing more money, if you're chasing a bigger audience, if you're chasing whatever, fill in your blank of the thing that you feel lack in lack and scarcity with right now or of, you're, you're running there. And instead of getting upset with yourself, you can just be like, oh, I see you. I see that you're running. It's okay. You can be here now. Yeah. And invite yourself into this moment. This is something I do often and with clients. It's like, I am here. Here mm-hmm. I am. When the world isn't going the way you want, the bravest thing you can do is admit where you are. Because when you admit where you are, it creates the potential, not attached to where you are. Just admit yeah. it. Just honor it. And know that everything is in a state of constant flux. Mm-hmm. So through that, you now can start to feel your energy and then choose something else. I heard someone say, even on Instagram the other day, the best thing you can do is ignore your reality. Ooh, this type of information is not helping people who have not yet 
it helps when you already understand the mechanisms and you're in the neocortex and you you get what she's saying for sure. But if you aren't yet in a place where you've moved through layers of your own trauma and identification, that sounds a lot like I better not focus on this and I just reach for the high vibrational thought. Reaching for the high vibrational thought that you miss, you miss that's what escaping body- all yeah. of the deeply enriching experiences that reality is constantly trying to offer you. Yeah, and there's truth oh, to it. That's the thing. Yeah. It's not that it's not true. It, it it's just incomplete in its origins because. Yeah. When And, you know, you could even say this person is very ahead of their time in a lot of ways because there yeah. will be a moment within our timeline where that's true. That's mm-hmm. that's available for people. Yeah. But until we're willing to do the aforementioned, yeah. that's not available yet. So yeah. you have to locate where you are in the journey. Within each dimension, there are dimensional layers. Mm-hmm. And those layers can be really intense. And what I love that you said is like, when we go through these initiations, we actually clear density. And then yeah. the, the the paradox is when we clear density, we now get to enjoy density more. Mm-hmm. It's such a bizarre <laughs> thing, but it's like, now I'm lighter. I can see beyond the veil. Now let's play with dirt and sand and trees and muck and diamonds and cars. I don't care what you're deepest desire is as long as it's not coming from lack go there play with that the issue that i see that we are in 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 a state of changing already is that everyone is is it's pushed upon people to want a lavish lifestyle Mm -hmm. and then what happens is a whole group of people come out on the other side that says i'm awakened because i want to live on the earth and buy land and have my feet dirty and da 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 and there's truth to that too because nature is the greatest healer. That's how my whole journey started. And then what happens though is people who do care about more luxury, these sorts of things, there starts to be this weird judgy thing like, well, you're not awake because you desire those things. No, we each have our own template. The issue is we're all sold one template. Mm -hmm. And then to battle that template, a lot of people go all the way to the other side, which is organic for many people, but not for everyone. So this is why I like to say, if your dream is diamonds and cars, if your dream is a tiny home on 40 acres where you wake up and you roll out of bed and the first thing you do is put your feet on the earth, you're welcome here. Like there's not, this isn't for a very specific type of person. Like we get to choose our own adventure. And as long as we're not running or chasing, as long as we're in the now moment of co-creating and unlimited potentiality, and we're playing with emotion, we're playing with energy and motion, we're playing with matter at the speed of light, E equals MC squared, we get to play and we get to co-create the conditions of our contracts. And this is fun because this means I can actually step in with my ancestors, my guardianship is what I call them because it encompasses many different realms of existence. And I get to work with God and I get to say, hey, What is my organic template? What does that feel like? What do I really want? What brings me to life? And is it rooted in something that's not serving? Or is that just a pure desire? And I know my pure desire because I wanted those things when I was a little girl before anyone Mm -hmm. even told me they were important. Yes. 
Oh you know? my goodness. So yes. It's, it's fun <laughs> in this way. There's, you know, I love where we went today because we actually spoke to so many dimensional layers. So whether you're at the very beginning of your path, whether you, you know, are seasoned on this, um, these cyclical seasons and cycles, and you feel like I'm ready just for that next step, or you've already generated um, large impact, there's something here because the now moment is the only moment. And even when we've generated a lot of what is considered important or what is considered desirable by the external world, if it is not bringing you joy, I would reassess if that is your true desire or if that is something that was programmed into you. Because I know people who have created, they hit the seven figure mark and they're like, huh, I kind of feel sad. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I kind of feel sad. I've heard this before and it's like, okay, that's interesting. Or I feel overworked. This is another one. I feel overworked. I feel tired. Yeah. I don't. If I have to re like double my energy in order to make more, then I just don't want it. It's like, well, then your soul actually wants something else. It's not saying it doesn't want six, seven figures. Maybe it does, but you're going to create that now passively. Yeah. Oh, this is something that I wanted to weave into this conversation so beautifully. Um, was just this idea of like you being in your process of creation. And I think a lot of people, to your point, like we see all of these things that are so beautiful and desirable and profound and impactful and alluring and seductive. And we (laughs) will will assume that 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 must be what I want because that's what all of these people want. And then we start on the path of like, okay, well, how do I create that? And that immediately starts to throw us out of our own sphere of reality. And it starts to hook us into other people's stories and other people's blueprints and paths and their way of doing things. And I just – I remember so deeply the experience of like – I think copycatting is a really beautiful – example of this. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to out myself because the first time that I ever produced a experience, a container, my soul sovereignty container that I launched back in 2018, there wasn't an ounce of me in it. It looked pretty, but I wasn't a part of that container because what I had brought into it was externalized It was not something that I had walked myself through and developed a relationship with and come into mastery with and embodied. There was no integrity in that offering. And I took a stab at it again and tweaked some things and there was still some mismatching energy, some discord. There was still a lot of pulling in from – okay, well, what does the community want? Not necessarily what is that person doing or what is that person doing, but what does the community want from me? What is expected of me as a blank? Um, And then the second stab was created from that place. And again, like there was not that level of embodiment. There was not an energetic integrity. And the the way that that was communicated externally was just really like – soft. It was, there wasn't anything like there was no container. Um, and then the third time around I worked with it. I had spent literally nine months gestating 
this experience and I had walked myself through every single initiation and I was not, I refused to put any pen to paper unless I had literally like taken apart the experience and gone through the ins and outs and become so intimate with it that I knew it like the back of my own hand. And I mean, your manifestations don't always have to be that precise and that you, that fitting like a glove kind of a feeling. But I think what's really important is if people are are actively in the process of creating something, of becoming something, at the very, very least, let it be a part of you, not mm-hmm. a part of the external noise. And I think one of the biggest things for me that started to streamline my ability to be in reality and be in my body was having a modicum of discipline with myself around my boundaries of what I'm consuming and what I'm allowing in my sphere of influence and allowing myself to have a relationship with somebody that inspires me that is still um, reverential of my own contribution. And like you say, right, like everyone, even if you're doing a similar thing, you're bringing your own blueprint, you're bringing your own signature and your imprint to it allowing that to be what leads you through your experiences instead of just the that that seductive ooh there's a shiny thing over there i want to do that and if you are embodied and if you are coming from a place of deep like self knowing it's impossible <laughs> to be living for someone else or by someone else's rules because you just yeah. have that that relationship with yourself so deeply anchored in, that's what you'll get to hear. Yeah. And all of that externalized noise just becomes this superfluous like you're witnessing it, you're experiencing it, you're able to celebrate it for other people, you're able to maybe draw inspiration from it, but then you get to make it yours. Yeah. So good. So good, babe. And I feel like, yeah, outing ourselves is really important. I had a similar experience when I created. I had some traction on it and I've been sitting with it. I'm excited. I might even remaster it and relaunch it, but I had a program that is so good. Um, But I was missing from it also, which is Mm -hmm. called Healing with Archetypes. You know, it was a lot Mm -hmm. of my mentor's work and a lot of what I thought that I needed to be because that was what everyone else was doing or whatever, even though it's a very unique program, I still wasn't present to how that was showing up. And that program changed my life in so many ways because it helped me understand archetypes and what they actually are. Mm -hmm. And once I got into astrology, it's like, okay, well, I had a deep relationship now with archetypes. So of Mm -hmm. course that would make sense. And astrology was an easier thing for people to quote unquote grab onto Um, in a lot of ways because archetype work to me is really I'm super passionate about it because these are patterns of power yeah and if we're not aware of what they are then we just continue to let them kind of pull us around Mm -hmm. and one of these things could be like I'm depressed I have a imbalance which is not true we know that now there's nothing that they can prove in the brain there's no there's no imbalances in the brain Um, usually it's the gut right stuff that we can work through with the gut but it's like I'm a depressed person that's who I am my mom was depressed and if you're depressed hear me with your heart I've been there I know what it's like there's a way out there's a way out of anything Mm -hmm. if we are willing 
to show up with our whole selves, which yeah. is also what you're saying about business. Yeah. If I can show up in my container with my whole self, and again, not everyone needs to go as deep necessarily as Kelsey went, but I think Kelsey needed to go that deep because <laughs> exactly. that's part of your design. <laughs> it becomes, you get to play with that. You get to try it on. It's like I started a, a program, I launched it, didn't do well. I'm going to integrate it more. Maybe I'm going to do what Kelsey said because I heard her say that. I'm going to try this all on. Mm-hmm. And once I know it like the back of my hand, I'll try it. But maybe you want to just try it on a little bit, you know, like how I work is different. So to give permission, it's like, I get an idea. I get, I work through probably about half of it, to be honest. And it's the container that actually moves me through the rest of it. So I know that saying yes to the container and me creating that program is going to usher me into the next dimensional layer. So people get to see me in real time, moving through my own stuff. By the end of the time that I, when I did Cosmic CEO Live, when that container was done, I was different. I had realized how much storyline I had around money and around poverty and around what it means to be a spiritual coach, to be a healer, to be someone who shows up in this space that cares about people, but also cares about living a life with time freedom, location freedom, and financial freedom. And there was a discord between who I was being and what I was actually doing. And so it started to change the way that I even show up in spaces and what I talk about because I could see that I had all these programs running around specifically, you know, well, if I become really successful, people are going to judge that that means I'm not fill in the blank. I believe we are all meant to be successful. I believe that financial freedom is available for all humans on this planet. And I believe that the deeper we go in our evolutionary journey, eventually we will not even have a monetary system that exists the way that it does now. Yeah. But in the meantime, we are still working through this system. And so if you desire to have any aspect of freedom, whether it's time, location, or financial, you get to look at what are the stories that are keeping you out of that? Because this is a really important part of evolution. Money is part of it. Yeah. Being provided for, that is part of the evolutionary journey. If we are not feeling provided for, what do we feel? We don't feel good. It doesn't feel good with purpose. Mm-hmm. That's not our organic, natural state to be living in poverty. No one on this planet. There is more than enough. And I love this idea of more. I'm not speaking to more for more's sake. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking to more from a place of overflow. So there's always more because it's overflow. Overflow doesn't know how to do anything else but provide more. And especially when it comes from an eternal source of energy. So in, in my opinion, in my belief system, when we connect into the great mystery, the one beyond the veil, the unified field of intelligence, when we connect into God energy, anything is possible for our lives because we're connected to something that is self-generating and self-organizing. Yeah. It's a masterful energy. And it's so vital because it allows us to honestly step out of the narcissistic template of achieving, of doing, of look at me, look at me, like me, love me, look at me, like me, which is all we see on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it's changing. (laughs) (laughs) And we start to have an experience of like, 
that mic drop energy. Like I just channeled this beautiful poem today or this beautiful piece of writing. I'm just going to leave that there. I'm going to go live my life. I'm going to enjoy it. People are going to receive that writing. I don't have this weird checking every five seconds. How many people watch my story? Like we're getting conditioned in a really funny way right now. And it's our job to step in and say, okay, cool. What is this? This is why I love you said this. I needed to, for myself, pay attention to what I was consuming outside of myself and now bring it back in. And from this place of overflow, I can create anything I desire. Yeah. What are you inspired by? What brings you to life? Uh, what do you I want to build on? a bridge here because I love that you I love that you outlined the way that you get to work with creation now and how like there's just such a similarity now because I was committed, I was in a relationship with myself and wanted to be a part of my reality and my creative process. And self-source, and to me that word really gets to be pulled apart and becomes that relationship between you and God. Um, But because of that, I am now very capable and in fact I prefer to create in a similar way where – because I'm so in my body now, because I am so available to what's being offered to me in the moment, I get access to that unconditional creation that lives in me and that lives in all of us. Mm-hmm. And I also get to have that really brilliant, spontaneous experience of When you're present to your initiations, when you're present to your reality, it gets to take you on this really beautiful journey and it, like God literally gets to delight and surprise you with how the fruition of creation gets to come through you Mm. and it has nothing to do with what so-and-so is creating or what so-and-so has. It's just you in relationship with that process. Yeah. Yeah so beautiful and there's so much wisdom behind this because this is this is what creating worlds is about we're already creating Mm -hmm. worlds every day we're creating worlds each and every one of us respectively so what world do you want to create what do you want to anchor in and this is what's fun this is why i love having people who are excited about my work and then i'm sure you love having people excited about your work Mm -hmm. is there's a shared vision and we're not going to do it the same i don't want that There's a shared vision for this golden age, for a time, a place, an energy that exists in the now when we choose to be present and be available for what is asking to move through us. And I used to look at other people and be like, how did they create a new program? Where is this stream of information coming from? (laughs) How do they possibly have the energy to do another masterclass? Like I just... I didn't fully understand it. And in some cases, it is chasing and running. It's burnout as well. Mm -hmm. And in other cases, I can feel that there is a resource here. There's replenishment here. There is a desire to bring forward what is moving through the system and to share that with the people in real time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, often, that's after you've already processed it yourself. Some of us, again, I, I move in a little bit of both regards. I move in a 
uh, I go through it first. I digest, initiate, process, move through. I'm available for the next layer of that. And then I go through an, a totally other piece when mm -hmm. I say I'm going to do a live thing. And that to me has been so powerful because it's allowed me to be available to say yes more mm -hmm. to do a masterclass or to create a new program because I now can be available to that. And, and if at any point my life force says we're tired, too far, too much, yeah, I get to pull back. And because I've created a lot of these programs live because I love that energy, once those programs are done, they're available for people to mm -hmm. play with without me being there. And this yeah. is important to, to me because my life force isn't for sale. And so if I want to be able to offer really beautiful resources for people, I, I'm only one person. Yeah. So to have great impact and to reach a lot of people, that looks like something that's evergreen, something that's offered, that's already recorded. And I know a lot of people are like, but I love the live thing. And that's great. You can find someone to do live work with. You can jump in when something's live. You can do master classes. But a lot of people are busy and they want to hit stop and they want to be able to do it on their own time. And, you know, so we get to also collapse our ideas around what we think we need to do. No, everyone else does live. I need to do live. Maybe you're designed to do all behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. That's like, something that I really did have to reconcile with as I was like architecting my business was this like and, – and I like I'm sure you felt it too where there's like you're seeing all of these people who are maybe at a certain level of experience that you are attracted to that you would love to experience and they're doing it a certain way and – Sometimes that can be really permission giving to be like, oh, yes, like I can do something like that too. Maybe a master class is my way or maybe an evergreen class is my way or maybe a beautiful container where we all get to walk through it live and have an experience of growth together. Maybe that's how I get to do it. And then there's also the piece of like the shooting where you're seeing all of this like potentiality in front of your face and then it can become this overwhelming process of, oh, but what what's mine? Um, and I think part of the fun of being in an entrepreneurial practice of any kind is really starting to know yourself well enough mm -hmm. to receive the clear communication from your higher levels of being as to where you're meant to go and how your life force gets to be exchanged, not like you said, like not for sale. Mm -hmm. And that just gets to become such a, a beautiful experience when you're honoring you and then by proxy, you're honoring the people that are meant to receive you in that way. And it just oh, it's, oh, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about what gets to be created when you move from that place. Yeah, and anything you want. That's the that's mm -hmm. the kicker. It's like, honestly, it's anything you want. And that is so beautiful because that means that there is no right way or wrong way to do this. There's yeah. only the way of trial and error, playing, potentiality, I've tried on every way that you just described, and I know now for the first time what feels really good to me. 
and I'm going to keep rolling with what feels really good, which is what I'm doing now. It's like some live containers, masterclasses, letting masterclasses guide people into what's already been created. If anything feels like it's stagnant or old, recreating it, reinventing it if I so desire or dropping the program maybe altogether. But this is owning your own company and being on mission is about setting the tone for yourself. Yeah. setting your standards, yeah. making up your own rules, and what a cool life. I it, It's not for the faint of heart. No. And I would n- not live any other way. Yeah. At this stage, I'm not even hireable. I, I've not always, fun. like, probably since I was at the last job that I had, I would jokingly but very not jokingly be like, I am a shitty employee. I am not employable. <laughs> like, I'm a great employee, but like, I don't want to be here because I know yeah. my soul is here to do different things. And yeah, it just, <laughs> it's really hilarious when you, when you choose to allow your beingness to go into entrepreneurship as, as an extension of who you are. Um, 100%. What really gets to be made possible when you're, a human being first and an entrepreneur also that's like a hat you put on or a costume that you wear instead of your whole get up all the time. I think it's all of it all the time. I think just who you are is the business. I I feel like not even a costume in in some ways. Yeah. But like in other ways, it's just who you are as a person. You know, I try to be as much as myself as possible in live spaces so that people get a sense of my quirkiness and my silliness and um, my theatricalness. And mm-hmm. even sometimes, you know, the, the swearing or the, you know, real life examples of what I've had to go through so that people very quickly relate yeah. to me as a human yeah. and not as some person who has all of their life together perfectly wrapped up in a bow because that I just that's not going to serve people yeah I yeah. don't feel forward that serves and someone said something once I cannot remember who in this moment I loved this it was like if when you turn off the camera when when we close the screen if I'm exhausted then I get to ask the question was I performing was there a part of me that was a character or was yeah. I just being me? Because I used to get really tired when I would close the screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like really tired. And I know that there's nuance here. Of course, your nervous system and holding space. Yeah. There's all these different pieces. And when I got really honest about it, I was like, how much of you is holding a projection of who you think you should be as an entrepreneur? It is a costume you wear. And then when you turn it off, it's like, oh, and then you put on your stretchy pants and then you exactly. go get your food. And then it's like, I, I wear stretchy pants now to my yeah. conference calls <laughs> most of the time. I still love to dress up, but I, I love a good stretchy pant. And I just get to be myself. And people, you know, that's, that's repellent or that's magnetizing. And yeah. either or is perfect because that means I'm doing something right, which is being me. And if you like it, fun, let's play. And if you don't like it, that's cool too because I love me. I don't need – my self-worth is not contingent on what another person thinks of me. Yeah. So I get to play with just being myself and that becomes – I was going to say the hat in which you wear in every room. But <laughs> really it's not – It's you know, for symbolically, yes, it's just like you are the same person 
wherever you show up. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of um, power in that, actually. A lot of power. So much. It's so permission-giving. Like, I remember writing my my bio, which is also one of the hardest things ever to do sometimes. Um, but I just remember, like, starting it out and the first thing that felt almost mandatory to write was, like, I'm a human being first. Yeah. That is – Anything else that gets to happen as a result of me being a human is just this like delightfully surprising, exciting adventure. And I love this. Like how fun. It's just it's so connecting, giving and permission giving, right? Being allowed to be in our humanity while also being wildly impactful or incredibly creative, or wealthy, or being a healer, like, I still put my pants on one leg at a time, so. (laughs) The only difference is I make gold records when I do. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope that my sound quality comes through, because when I look at the bottom here, this is just an unedited moment, your sound is so expressive, and my sound is like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. So, Really hope you all can hear me. That works well. And if it doesn't, we just had a really epic hour and a half long conversation for ourselves. <laughs> I'm, I think it'll be okay. I remember the first couple times I used this platform. I think I'm, I'm using Zencaster and um, my mic didn't even have any lines on the oh. first couple and shared it and it worked fine so okay great yeah it just looks like yours is so expressive and like woo and I'm like dee, 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 little baby. <laughs> I love this like ironing out the kinks one of the bits of feedback that I got from somebody listening to the last episode was that I was really quiet so I just turned my mic up a little bit and mm. uh, yeah it looks like it's I am on visible and, up and happening <laughs> you're doing it there it oh, is <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been hearing you loud and clear so I'm hopeful great. that So will our lovely audience. Um, On that note, I want everyone listening to be able to connect with you in a way that feels good for both. So what is the best way to get in your energy? I still, even though it might be a dying platform, I still love Instagram. That is still (laughs) my main place that I go. Um, So yeah, I'm at Chalice Grove. That is where primarily I am. And then, yeah, you can head to the website as well, chalicegrove.com. There are so many things you can explore there, different places you can play with free content, whether that's signing up for the mailing list or just dip your toes in. (laughs) The one piece of um, the program that I have that's like a dip your toes in is actually so intense. It's called the nervous system upgrade and it will work, (laughs) but it's so beautiful. Uh, And then there's just like lots of opportunities in that way. And so if you want to just come steep in the magic, you're absolutely welcome into this world. And if this is the last time, you know, that our fields reach each other, then I'm so grateful that those of you that are listening are here. Um, But yeah, that's the primary space. I love it. And if somebody wants to co-create with you what do you what do you have available for us (laughs) define Mm co-create well okay here's a good question uh 
if you're available for conversations with other people that have podcasts, if you oh, yeah. are available for mentorship, um, <laughs> whatever you want to be available for. <laughs> yeah, I'm just being clear. Um, it's nice to be clear when people have, you know, their ideas in mind. Yeah. So when it comes to like co-creating with other people, like in the state of like what we're doing, podcasting and such, um, I just really lean into the energy of the person. So if I ever say no, it's not because someone's not a good person or because it's just probably not an energetic alignment or a match in this given moment. And that could change, right? Also, I'm one person, so I'm going to be selective with where I'm spending my time. Um, but yes, I'm always open and available to have these conversations. You know, I've had a podcast idea for two years that's never come into fruition. And my intention is to create one still. <laughs> I just will not do it until I feel that energy as a giant yes. So yeah. stay tuned potentially for that. Um, and then, yeah, I have many different offerings. There are multiple offerings online that are evergreen. I do master classes. You can just be in the medicine. There's going to be a free one in the next couple months that I'm excited to co-create. So we'll see how that happens. So you can pay attention for that. Look out for that. And then, yeah, I do offer mission mentorship. This was something that I wanted to close down, to be honest, because oh. my life force was tired. And yeah. I took on, at one point, I had 13 clients, two-hour sessions, I was taking on a client, if not two a day, sometimes three. I look back on my schedule of 2020 and my I'm aghast. I'm just like, I don't know how I did that. But there was part of, I think, my, my human that just needed to go through that to have an experience of what that was like and to notice where I was fawning and where I was saying yes, because I finally had clients who wanted to work with me and I was excited about that. And, you know, there's so many pieces there that I got to reclaim. So I'm, I, nothing went wrong. I love it. Um, and... I was going to close sessions down after that. And instead, I decided to honor my medicine. So I changed the prices. I work with only three people a quarter. I do not work with more than one person a day. So if I am in your container in a day, it's you and me. My mm. day is, is like in that energy. So that feels really good. Um, so yeah, mission mentorship application process. We can be in one-on-one -on -one containers together. Other than that, it's all group containers. I'm really excited about group containers too, but mission mentorship is the largest access to be in my field and to be in my energy and to be in, in that space. So I still have such a love for one-on-one. -on -one. My goodness, is it yes. such a powerful place to co-create? So yeah, choose your own adventure. <laughs> I love how you explained, described, took us on a journey through your <laughs> boundaries with yourself and just how you create a container for that one-on-one -on -one intimacy that literally that every one-on-one -on -one container I've ever had personally, it's, it's such an intimate, intentional space. And I know everything you touch is magic, so... Aww. Every little thing you do <laughs> exactly. is magic. I just that song just like came like da 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 da. I'm gonna go listen to that. That song is so life giving. It's yeah. just like so sweet. I have had such a pleasure. It is such an honor, honestly, to be invited and and to be here with you and to co-create with you. And and who would have thought when we first met and you, I triggered the f u c k out of you <laughs> that we would be on a podcast together. So yeah, I just really honor you in leaning in and, and getting uncomfortable and asking questions why I brought all of this up for you rather than just throwing it aside and being like, well, I guess she's just a fill in the blank, right? So 
I really honor that. I think it takes a lot of courage when someone activates you to lean in. I know it does. So mm. I feel so grateful. And this was such a fun conversation. I'm so honored to be introduced to your community and uh, to be able to share in this way. It's really fun. Thank you so, so much. Oh, my goodness. Um, I love what you just said about the leaning in. There are so many gifts available to us when we <laughs> when we say yes to discomfort. Um, and I'm very grateful that I stuck with it and stuck with you because you are <laughs> such a gift. And um, yes, thank you for being here, for having this conversation and for just bringing your brilliance to my people. Thank you, the listener, for joining us in this beautiful conversation. It is always an honor to have you a part of this space, offering your presence, your consciousness to the experience. If you loved this conversation as much as I did, I would love to invite you to share it far and wide, to share your thoughts with us as well, leave a comment, review, reach out to one of us, let us know what you think. And of course, if you're loving the content of Unedited, I would be honored to have you subscribe, stay in touch, and enjoy all of the upcoming beautiful conversations that will make their way to this space.